Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us of the Lord's persistent love. He identifies himself as patient. Behold, I stand at the door or not. There were those that Jesus could see would turn to him and therefore he waits patiently out of love. Listen, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he is calling all the day long to those who are lost, be they religious, churchgoers, backsliders, whatever. God gives every person a chance to be saved. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. They say that our blessings can be our cure, and our curses can often be our blessings. Well, unfortunately, one of the curses of religious freedom is the freedom to be wrong. Today, Pastor Xavier takes us back to his study in the book of Revelation to warn us of the dangers of living a religious life. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 22, and the message is entitled, The Apostate Church, Laodicea. Verse 14, chapter 3 says, And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, This thing says the eighth man, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be refined, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will commend to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my father's throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The name Laodicea, as we said, means the rule of the people. And that is why this is the letter that's addressed to the people. This is the only message that's not addressed to the church. It's addressed to individuals. Interesting. Our Lord identifies himself as the beginning of the creation. The word does mean that he is the source and origin and the very act of cause and the medium of creation according to Revelation 1.8. He's the one. He has always existed. And then in one time and within time, man's time domain, he became man but he was always God. Philippians 2, 5 says, being in the form of God, an antecedental condition. He was God before he came. He was God when he was here, and he's God when he left. Why? Because he's God. You can't be anything less but God. This is the proclamation to the Laodiceans. Now, the condemnation is given to us in verse 15 through 17. This church of Laodicea is so detestable and so reprehensible that the all-knowing God could not find anything to commend her. That is quite a statement. God who knows and sees all things could not find one good thing. Verse 15, Jesus knew what they were doing and had done in the past. Nothing escapes him. And so Jesus knew their true spiritual condition, declaring his observation in verse 15 at the end and 16. They were neither cold regarding the relationship to Jesus. And the word cold means chilly cold. 
The church was indifferent and lifeless. It could not quench anybody's thirst. They were neither hot regarding the relationship to Jesus. The word hot is zestos. It means fervent or boiling. We get our word zest from it. They had no zeal or fervency for Christ. He could do nothing for them. They were told by Jesus that he would rather that they were cold or hot. Notice that. The boiling, fervent temperature refers to the zealous, on-fire Christian who is in excellent condition spiritually, if you will, in Christ, in the kingdom. The chilly, cold temperature refers to the dead and indifferent of a person, the content condition spiritually regarding Christ and the kingdom. Not into it, you know what I mean? They were told by Jesus that because they were lukewarm, notice a mixture of two, cold and hot, he would vomit them out of the mouth. One of the sternest and scariest proclamations in the whole Bible. I will vomit you out. Now you know that Paul speaks about three types of men. You have the um, natural man that's not born again. I would think we would be safe to say and classify him as cold, dead, and trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2, 1. But there's also the spiritual man, he says, who is born again. And I think we would be safe to say that we could classify him as hot, saved, regenerated, renewed by the Spirit of God, Titus 3, 5. But then he mentions a third individual, a carnal man, who's born again, but still ruled by his carnal nature by choice, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. I wonder if we could safely classify him as lukewarm. I'm confident that we can classify the religious person, the nominal Christian, the one who plays church, and anyone who walks away from him as lukewarm. We could also put them and classify them under the tares, among the wheat. Verse 17, Jesus knew their heart, or literally the heart of their problem. Here it is. Ready? Pride. Jesus tells them how they viewed themselves and that it was self-deception. They said, I am rich. They said, I have become wealthy. And that's their mark of spirituality. Being self-deceived. They did not believe the fact that apart from Christ, they could do nothing. They didn't see the need. Jesus tells them the real condition. They did not know that they were wretched, which means distressed. They were enduring toil and troubles, being afflicted in the spiritual arena and not even aware of it. They were to be pitied. This describes their condition from God's compassion. They had all in this life and nothing in the next. How are you doing in that department? Many people have money. They have fame. They have a career, everything else, but they don't have anything regarding God. They're poor, and they don't know it. It's a sad condition. You should pity people like that. They didn't know they were blind, blind to the things of God, being ignorant about eternal destruction. Certainly these people include those who are not born again, because the very first step necessary to receive Christ is to be poor in spirit, according to the Sermon on the Mount, to realize your own poverty to call upon the Lord. But it certainly does not exempt those who walk away from God either. Hebrews says, don't drift. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. 
Don't go back to animal sacrifices. You're in the right place. Don't be deceived. You see, the Christian knows his own deficiency and bankruptcy in terms of deserving anything before God. So he is broken in spirit. He is poor in spirit. He recognizes his poverty and he comes in brokenness. He comes emptying himself. These people were trusting in their riches. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6, 21. Where your treasure is, not where your heart is. Where your treasure is, your heart's going to go there. What's your treasure? Hmm. This was a condemnation to Laodicea. No commendation. You have the exhortation in verse 18 through 20. Verse 18, the individual is encouraged to receive the counsel of the Lord. I counsel you to buy uh, from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. There was still hope. The gold refined in the fire refers to their submissiveness to be purified by the Holy Spirit, to remove their spiritual poverty. God is so patient. He's so loving as we'll see here. From the word here, agora, to go to the marketplace, to buy personally. You have to make that choice. You. The process is to subject that goal to the extreme temperatures in order to purify it of its, all of its impurities, all the dross, so it comes and it's removed. All the junk that keeps us from God, all the junk that, that, that compromises our life. The reason is that you end up with what? A pure product. That which is good, of the greatest value. And so the goal symbolizes the godly purity in contrast to the worldly goal, which is just corruption. It's greater value. They had a great banking center, remember? They're very wealthy. This is appropriate. You guys like gold? You should see mine. This is much better, he says. They rebuilt the city all on their own. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3 is appropriate here. Listen. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come by and eat. Yes, Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make you make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Hear and see. The two things that Laodicea was known for are helping others. Isaiah echoes these things. Hearing and seeing. Counsel, notice, now is to buy of my white garments. That you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. The white garments speak of the righteous garments of Jesus Christ throughout the book of Revelation. That their nakedness, spiritually speaking, would not be their shame. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Christ was made sin for us. That we might be the righteousness of God. Revelations 3, 5, 4, 4, 6, 11, 7, 9, 14. The white righteousness, always the garments of Christ. The only way. Remember the Laodiceans were merchants. They were known for their black wool garments, the tunic. The Lord is saying, my garments are better. They're white, pure. Isaiah 61, 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robes of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. That's the righteousness you want. 
the reason for their white garments that their nakedness may not be revealed. And God has to judge their sin. Isaiah 64, 6 is very clear about this. The nakedness of our depravity is at times revealed to people purposely and sometimes by accident. But before God, our depravity is always seen. We fool some people, but we don't fool God. It's all there. Revelation 1.14, penetrating eyes. Hebrews 4.12, all things open and naked to him we have to do with. And so he says, I counsel you to anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. The eye salve refers to the willing, willful decision to allow the Holy Spirit of God to open the eyes to their true spiritual condition, to see themselves as they really are. It's a great day when that happens. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 14 speaks of the Spirit making those things known to us. The natural man thinks it's foolishness. We have anointing from the Holy One, 1 John 2, 2, 2.20, that teaches us all these things. If we're open, remember the Laodiceans were known for that salve called taphrophrygia, which they exported these tablets all over the world, and they grounded them to powders, and, and they were famous for them, and they helped people to see and to hear, in this case here, the seeing aspect. But they were blind themselves. Hmm. Helping others, they couldn't help themselves. Nineteen, the individuals encouraged to open their hearts to the evidence of God's love. Listen, the evidence of love is revealed. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. The word rebuke means to bring a man to the awareness of his error, to convict him. The word focuses on what a person is saying, pointing out the error and giving correction. You as parents do that to your kids. You do that to try to bring them to the place where they acknowledge their error. If they don't, it makes you mad, right? And you're doing it so that you can give them the correction so they learn. That's what God is doing. It's you for confronting a brother who sins against you. Go and tell him your fault or his fault. Matthew 18, 15. Same word. The scriptures tell us that open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful the wounds of a friend, deceitful the kiss of the enemy. I love that Proverbs. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. Are you a yes friend? Are you a yes person? When a friend of yours is off the wall, do you say, well, yeah, God bless you. No, you get in his face. You get in his face in love, but you get in his face. If not, you don't love him or her. Pray. Go in the spirit of meekness, the way you want to be confronted, and you confront them in meekness, pleading that they turn. You don't just shine them on and walk away and say, well, you know, I'm, you know I mean, God knows. Shut up. You know. Go do something. The word love is phileo, mental, emotional love. Since it's coming from God, it's true, it's genuine, it's not abusive. The word chasten means to train, to discipline, to educate. And the word focuses on what a person does. To provide consequences for the failure, for correction, and not merely castigation. The word is used for correcting those who are in opposition to the gospel in 2 Timothy 2.25. We as parents chasten our children because we love them, not because we want to make them feel miserable, which is an interesting case here because he's dealing with the uh, Laodiceans. Now, if they didn't know the Lord before, then how come he calls them their ch his children? He chastens his own. The quote is from Proverbs 3, 11 through 12. It is in Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. 
Notice the acceptance of God's love is to be responded to. Therefore, be zealous and repent. The word repent is a change of mind with a change of heart. You're familiar with it by now. The repentance of the world brings forth death. You only get caught up with the consequences. You regret the consequence, but you don't really see the evil of the work or the sin. And so you have a lot of people who are repenting in a phony way, in a worldly way. It's the emotions. It's the regret of whatever is gone, but not the sin. 2 Corinthians 7, 9 through 10. Where you see the evil and you ask out forgiveness because it's sin against God. And he changes your life. This was the church of Jesus Christ at one time. And they just drifted away from Christ. The opening for the seven churches. They're the churches of Christ, all seven. When he gets to this one, it's no longer his. Does that mean it wasn't his? Yes, it was. It was his. Certainly it includes nominal Christians, religious people, self-sufficient but at one time, the church was his. He rebukes, he chastens them. Verse 20, the individual is encouraged to accept the invitation of God's love. He identifies himself as patient. Behold, I stand at the door or not. Jesus is now outside the church. Mark that. He is not the head of the church. This is the only letter that's addressed to individuals, Laodiceans with an S, rather than the church of Laodicea. Verse 14 there. Okay? It's the only one. No one else. There were those that Jesus could see would turn to him, and therefore he waits patiently out of love for the sinner to open the door. Both verbs are the durative present. He keeps on standing and keeps on knocking. Then he identifies himself as one who does not violate one's free will. Listen, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he is calling all the day long to those who are lost, be they religious Church goers, whatever it may be. Backsliders, whatever. God uses his word to communicate the gospel of salvation through a person. For it is the power of God and salvation. The righteousness of Jesus Christ, Romans 1, 16 and 17. No other way. God gives every person a chance to be saved. We may not know how, when, or where, but I can tell you that every person who's ever born into this world will have a chance to hear the gospel and to accept Christ Jesus. Because if there's one that doesn't, God cannot be good, he cannot be all-knowing, and he's a liar. Because he died for the whole world. And every person will have an opportunity. I can't tell you how. I know as we go through Revelation, we're going to see in the last days, the angel preaches the everlasting gospel. So if you're waiting for the church to preach the gospel to the whole world before Jesus comes back, and that's a condition, God help us. We have failed miserably. More people know about Coca-Cola than Jesus Christ in the world. And now even in the United States. God allows each individual to exercise their own free will, to open that door, the door of their heart. It's a choice, Romans 10, 8 through 11. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Prayer, invitation, and a life example God will use in your life and mine, to bring people to Christ. Notice he identifies himself as one who will uh, fellowship with the one who repents. I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. The word dine refers to the main meal of the day, intimate fellowship. You give time to the Lord or you give him the leftovers? Salads or cold? Lukewarm? He identifies himself being outside the church. Notice that. We've seen Christ slowly being replaced and counterfeited as the church age has transpired, and now we see him outside the church completely and making individual invitations. He's outside the church. 
We're probably most familiar with this verse in public altar calls. And yet the context is to the apostate church where there's still a few in there. But he's outside the church. So we should understand this invitation not only for salvation, but also for the return to Christ. Because he's coming soon. This was the exhortation to Laodicea. Notice he finishes with the same as all, application 21 and 22. The promise to the overcomer will grant to sit with him and his father, uh, on his throne. Throne speaks of privilege, responsibility. Throne speaks of proven quality, qualifications to rule for the benefit of others, not for ourselves. The parallel is the overcomer here is like, like unto Christ. He overcame, he sat down with his father, so will we. Sitting in the position of finished work, Matthew eleven twenty eight. All you that labor and are heavy laden, come and I will give you rest. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Luke 12, 32. Little flock. When the Son of Man comes, shall he find great faith? No. Luke 18, 8. Small. And so the declaration is an invitation. No, listen. For anyone, there must be a willingness to listen. The individual has to look and see. Is he in this condition? Are you a Laodicean? There's a sense of responsibility and accountability, a sense of culpability if you do not respond. The words are he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. The words of Jesus, the words of the Spirit, they are one. And the declaration is an invitation to obey what the Spirit says, plural, to the churches, a cool, endowed with the sensitivity to listen accurately, effectively. The obedience is not limited to the message to this church, though it's the focus for this church, but the others are to be applied also. It is in the plural. The Spirit speaks, Jesus speaks, they are one. We've seen the seven churches individually and collectively to give us the potential that can exist in the church, the potential in individuals. But collectively, the church reveals the following. The loveless church, Ephesus, as the sower. It's a parallel with Matthew 13. Listen to it. The suffering church, Smyrna, is the wheat and tares. The worldly church, Pergamos, is the mustard seed with all its evil birds. The pagan church, Thyatira, is the leaven and the three measures of wheat. The dead church, Sardis, is the treasure in the field. The loving church, Philadelphia, is the pearl of great price. The apostate church, Laodicea, is the gathering of the good and the bad fish to separate them at the judgment. Layman Strauss put this together years ago. Great observation. This was the application to the Laodiceans. Now Thomas Aquinas once called upon Pope Innocent II. The Pope was counting a large sum of money. You see, Thomas, said the Pope, the church no longer can say silver and gold have I none. Truly, Holy Father, said Thomas, and neither can it say to the layman anymore, arise and walk. Today, everyone wants to feel good and to be indifferent and tolerant. These are the marks of the modern church but it, this is an insult to the love and the grace of God by compromising its holiness to Christ. Laodicea is very much alive today. Remember, being lukewarm is repulsive to Jesus. He will vomit you out of his mouth. Remember, those who he loves, he chastens. So yield. Remember, he stands at the door and knock, but you alone can let him in by repentance. And so here you have the message to the church of Laodiceans and the individuals of Laodiceans. Their condemnation was for not acknowledging their own lukewarm condition. 
deceiving themselves, trusting in the riches, their abilities, rather than repenting. Where are we at as a church? Where are you at as an individual? I hope not Laodicean, but only you can tell. Pastor Xavier Reese closes with a loving warning regarding our relationship with the Lord. And you can request a copy of today's thought-provoking study titled The Apostate Church Laodicea. You can receive a copy for only $4 on CD. And this study will also contain what Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together. So once again, the title, The Apostate Church Laodicea. You can contact us by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you tell us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Well, is it really possible to be sure that Jesus is the one and true Messiah? Find out when you tune in to the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com